Ron and Anian. How many of you want a car that you can sit and say, how much washer fluid do I have left? Really? I really need to be able to ask the car, how much washer fluid do I have left because I'm too lazy to get out, lift the cap, and look? I can't find no true love, oh baby, it's so hard. And I still think about you every time I'm riding in my car. The Car Doctor. There's something about driving a car. To let the car take over, to let the machine, the computer take over the machine. And, God, life is going to be boring. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Shut up and start talking. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here I am behind the helm again, once again, Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, along with the imitable, all-for-dimicated, never-duplicated, no baloney, not a phony, absolutely the one and only Tom, Mr. Tom Ray. How are you today, sir? Thank you, thank you. Doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, doing better than Tony. Yeah, yeah. Tony hurt his back. Yeah, Tony um, hurt his back. And, and it was like, um, geez. Yeah. yeah, he didn't sound good on the phone, so I said, you know, stay where you are and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll run the ship today. It's not a big deal. We can. Uh, I think he's just getting ready for the Super Bowl party. That's what I think he's doing. Yeah, he's, actually, I think he's getting ready for the day after the Super Bowl party. He's practicing for that. I saw, you know, I saw something in the news about they want to make the day after the Super Bowl a national holiday. Yeah, it's like hello, is that true? Really? No, it, it, I, is, I mean, it's called you're an adult. Let's get up and let's put up with our responsibilities. No, is that yeah? Is that is that real? Um, yeah, there's a there's a group wants to do that, and I can't see why. So, well, h- hang on a second. I understand we're about we're going to be, come on in here, come on in here. You know, we're going to be interrupted. Yeah, honey. Oh, charge the. Well, hang on, folks. We have to hold up the national show. We got to charge somebody's cell phone. The, 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 the Mrs. Uh, Car Doctor has arrived. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, here we go. Okay. Oh, Lucy. I didn't even know Lucy was in here. So, Lucy, come on. Oh, the studio dog is in here, and we didn't know what was going on. So look at that. Um, yeah, this is real radio, folks. You can't make it up. It just happens when you. Did you know Lucy was in here? I didn't didn't realize she was in she, there. She snuck in during the break. She's been lying here sleeping. Well, you know, another fan. What can I tell you? you know, <laughs> that. Acting just like all of your other fans. Either that sleeping. or the car, the car doctor's going to the dogs. Um, so on that note, let's. Uh, whew, the jokes are getting bad. Let's go over and talk to Jason Beaver Falls, PA. Jason, welcome back to the car doctor, sir. What's going on this week? How can I help? Hey, how are you doing? I enjoy your jokes. Thank you, sir. Well, we're trying. We're just trying to keep it interesting. Uh, what's going Good. on out in Beaver Falls today? Uh, nothing much. I'm working on a uh, 1996 Lexus LX450, uh, 175,000 miles. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait for it now. That means it's just broken in. Um, it's, yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. So uh, this is this this is a vacuum booster car or vehicle, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. And what's wrong with this car? Um, I bought it from a friend. He bought a house, and he no longer. Uh, won the vehicle. He didn't have the money to throw into it, so I purchased it from him. And it has a, a hard brake pedal. Brake pedal feels nice, but it's just not stopping. And uh, so I checked the master the master cylinder was second. First, they changed the front calipers of driver uh, and the passenger. Then I changed the master cylinder, and it's it, act, it got a little bit better after I bled it several times. 
And what happens is, you say you're doing 60 miles per hour, and you go into like emergency stop, you hit that brake, you're not, I mean, you're slowing down, but you're not coming to a dead stop until about 30 feet down the road. Yes. Now, at slow speeds, it's pretty good, um, but it seems to be if you're on a, a rural uh, descent hill, it won't slow down at all. I mean, you're not stopping. Okay. And you can't hold it there either. I mean, you could, you do happen to stop, it just keeps drifting slowly. It's not grabbing. So, um, so I, do you feel like you're you're you have to press harder on the brake pedal than than normal? That you're, you know, you're. Oh yeah, you have to you have to stand on the brake pedal to get it to stop, especially going down a hill. Um, but the thing is, is, the full range of motion. Whenever you start putting your foot into the pedal, I mean, you can feel it slowing down. It's grabbing. It's slowing down. But once you get to the end of the motion of the pedal, where there's basically it's real hard. That's where it's it's not grabbing anymore. Okay. Like if you're coming up to a stop sign, usually you gradually slow down. And when you get to the stop sign, you kind of give it a little bit of oomph to get the stop completely, and it doesn't do that. It it, it sounds like you're describing a bad vacuum booster, the booster I, itself. You and know. that's and yeah, it, it, I don't hear anything. It. it and that's my before I throw any more money at it. Right. I want to get your opinion. Well, let's let's try this. Let's first of all let's make sure you know is is let's do the simple stuff. Is the line to the vacuum booster connected? All right. Yes. Okay. And then yes. what is what is manifold vacuum going to the booster? All right. Is it you know is it fifteen sixteen inches of manifold vacuum? If it's ten inches of manifold vacuum because the engine has a problem, you're never going to get good power brakes. So, you know, let's hook a gauge up and read manifold vacuum. Let's just make sure we've got a reasonable amount there. The, th the third thing, all right, is if we got in the truck, ran it, shut it off, and pumped the brake pedal, you know, until the pedal got rock hard, how many pumps is that? Is that right away, or is that is that two, three times, six times, seven times, ten times? It, you know, on a typical bad booster, you will find that the pedal goes rock hard within one hit. All right, because there there is no vacuum reserve, and the quality of the pedal, its ability to produce boost, will be the same on that second hit, just as it was when it's the engine's running, pulling vacuum against the booster. If you understand what I'm saying, I yeah. do, and I, I was I was prepared for your uh, for your questions or anything. I I wrote everything down that I could, and it takes five times for it to get a rock hard pedal when the engine is turned off. Okay. And then when you start the car back up, does the pedal drop out from underneath you? It does. That sounds like a good booster. So then let's do yeah. this. Let's let's take the let's take the uh handheld vacuum pump and apply it to the booster. Does the booster hold vacuum? I have seen boosters fail. I have seen boosters do some really funny things as they get older. Uh, you know, it's can we can we produce enough vacuum and Build up vacuum in that side that booster, and will it hold? And that's the next thing I want to know. All right, you know it. It, right. it, it it's it, it kind of comes down to this is a very mechanical system. If yeah, if, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's pretty simple. If if the calipers are all free and moving, and that's important. All right. If the brake pads are all good condition, the rotors don't have heavy rust or any, you know, the, rust, the rotor face has to be clean, all right? Uh, you know, it's bled properly. 
You say you have a good pedal. The height of the pedal is good. The, the pedal's up high. But you're describing where you're, you know, you've got to apply more leg force than you think is normal. Yeah. That, that sure sounds like a booster to me. Okay. That's, and that's, I, I bought one of those uh, load sensing proportioning valves uh, just in case. That was going to be my next part that I was going to throw at it because the, the booster test seemed to be coming back good. Right. Um, the only thing I found in my, because I bought a shop manual for this Land Cruiser, it's, it's probably about a thousand some pages. It's like Bible paper. It's real thin. And even in there, uh, the one thing I found is for the, um, uh, kind of like a brake booster, break booster adjustment, where you can actually, the rod there needs to adjust. I've never even heard of that. Well, I think, heard of that? Yeah, I, I've heard of that, and I think what they're, you know, what that's generally reserved for, what they're doing that for is if the pedal itself doesn't have good height, that's not going to affect the amount of power or force required to apply the brake. That's only going to increase or shorten the gap before the pedal bottoms out or, you know, how high up it comes. I think that's an adjustment for pedal position, pedal height, and so forth. But, again, you're telling me you go to step on – you drive down the road at 30, 40 miles an hour, and you step on this brake pedal. You've really got to step on this brake pedal to get any kind of response out of the vehicle, correct? Correct. Yeah, the first – the, the first half of the motion, it's slowing down immediately, but it's the last motion to come to a complete stop that's just not there. Okay. And you feel like the car has more than adequate power? The engine's running okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. It runs, it runs okay. real good. The, the reason I ask that is I'm, I'm also thinking about if the exhaust were restricted, causing a, uh, an internal engine problem, vacuum to decrease. You know, that will obviously affect booster vacuum as well. And maybe what you want to do is somehow tee a vacuum gauge in and look at, you know, how much how much vacuum is available to that booster when the pedal is good versus when the pedal is bad. Right? You said okay. you you said the pedal was good at 30 miles an hour? Yes. But it gets worse at, at, at 60? Yeah, the, the high. And I think that could be just because of the speed as well. Sure. Going from, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, that absolutely could have something to do with it. But just, yeah. just you know, sometimes we diagnose by knowing what's good. If we can yeah. if we can eliminate all the good, then we can figure out what's bad. And that's really how you have to fix yeah, cars today. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm doing is just throwing parts at it. And it's like, all right, well, this wasn't it, this wasn't it. And well, I got one thing left, and that's yeah. basically the booster and this uh, load sensing valve. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying throw parts at it, but I'm saying diagnose parts as best you can without changing them to see you know what what's what's working and what's not you know i went through this on a vehicle this week where i took the person over the phone we were talking about fuel pressure and and some grounds and various things and you know they said to me they go yeah but you don't think any of this is right i said no i don't think any of this is wrong i said but you know what sometimes in order for me to know what's wrong i've got to know what's right and you know that's that's part of it and you know what the worst that happens is I help I help us all become better mechanics because we all learn how to test things and, and, and think outside the box and how to take something apart mentally in our head. And, you know, it, if we can fix it that way, then that works too. So uh, That's it. What, um, one more, qu one sure. more question about yeah. the AB it, This does have ABS. Once um, I put all new fluid through it as well, When should I take it to a Toyota dealership to get the ABS flushed? Or not flushed, but kind of like... Um, uh, what Bled? 
yeah, bled. bled properly. Well, but you you but, you said right at the beginning that you have a good brake pedal. The pedal has good height, and it has you know a good feel to it. Do you do you have any doubts about that? Do you think that the pedal is you know maybe? I, I guess in the back of my mind, I'm thinking there there's air stuck somewhere, and the only place that I haven't bled was the ABS, and if it's uh, and I've heard that you you could take it to a shop and they do it. Uh, they hook it up to a uh, scan tool and everything. They manually uh, bleed it and everything. Uh, that's the only other option that I have other than putting a booster on it. But I rather, I think, I mean, it has 175,000 miles. I mean, things do fail, so it probably could be the booster slowly going. The, the only way I could answer that question, I'd have to look in a scan tool to see if there's an ABS bleed procedure available for that. It doesn't, I don't recall that. I'm not saying there isn't, but... Uh, you know, that's the only, if, if there is a ABS bleed procedure and you, you change, did you change the master? You said you changed the master. Yes, I did. Yeah. Then if there is an ABS bleed procedure, then by all means it should be done. I agree okay. with that hundred percent. So. All right. Well, tell you what, as soon as I get this figured out, I'll give you a call back and let you know. You let me know. All right. Hang in there, Jason. Uh, say, say hello to I Joe Willie if you see him. I will. I will. Thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Take good care. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I like how I'm sir. You know that, sir? That means I'm old, too. I don't know if I like that part. Oh, well, sir. Elton John, sir. Mick Jagger, sir. Sir, <laughs> sir Ananian. I guess I'm in good company. 855-560-9900. We'll be back right after this. Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, welcome back. Ron and the car doctor. Let's get over and talk to, let's go talk to Larry, North Carolina, 96 Dodge Ram. Larry, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hello, Ron. It's an honor to speak with you. Well, thank you, sir. I'm glad to be here for you. What's going on? Well, I have a 1996 Dodge Ram 1500. Um, 5.9, it's a gas motor. Okay. And I have a problem with my blower, the heating and air blower in the cab, only working on the high two settings. Now, I've done some research and said replace the resistor in there. So I replaced the resistor, and it didn't make a difference. Okay. So I've listened to you long enough to know that new ever means never, ever works. So That's I right, got baby. another one. Yeah. <laughs> and it done the same thing. So I changed the motor just in case. I didn't think that was wrong with the motor, but just done it out of kicks because I had a spare one. Okay. Nothing's changed. So I've read that there was some cars, some of these trucks had relays, some of them didn't. And I'm lost because I can't find the relay on it in the in the under the hood up under the main control where all the relays at. There's nothing there. I read that sometimes it was built into the switch of the truck. Um, tell me where I'm at. Is it the okay. control head? Um, let's do it like this. It might be. All right. The way they work this is the the blower motor is fed hot from a fuse. All right. Um, it comes out of the fuse block. It's uh, if I remember right, it's uh, it's a big thirty amp. I think it's fuse two, if I recall correctly, on that year. Um, and the th that's hot all the time. So one side of the blower motor, the dark green, to the blower motor should be hot all the time. All right. And then there's a black tan wire coming out of the blower motor. That's the ground leg. If if And the way we'll prove this is just take a voltmeter. Do you have a voltmeter, Larry? Yes, sir. So just take a voltmeter, look at the dark green. You should be you should have, you know, battery voltage there. 
uh, key on engine off, engine running. It'll be 12 volts or 14 volts, respectively. All right, and then the black tan will be ground. That's the ground leg. They tie that ground leg into the resistor block. So for conversation's sake, when the blower is in the uh, position one or uh, feeding off of, uh, I think it's pin six, if I remember right, it's six five three four seven. If memory serves me right, um, you're going to see that the blower resistor is being bypassed and it's full ground on G two o two. All right. Um, no. The fact that you've got the first two speeds working and not low, and you know this is a four speed switch, correct? Yeah, four speeds on both sides on the air conditioner side, and yeah. four speeds on normal side. Right. So, you know, here's what you can do. Go to the blower resistor. I'm uh-huh. going to give you some wire colors. You got a pencil? Yeah, I, can, I got it. All right. So, you know, you, you got a black tan. You should have a light blue, a light green, and a tan. All right? That uh-huh. that black tan should make the blower. Well, the, the blower should run if you ground any one of those four wires. All right? Okay. At, at at the at the with the blower with the re, with the blower re, resistor connected, all right. Be, because basically what you're doing is you're just providing you're just replacing or bypassing the switch. You're providing a source of ground, okay. And if you keep the resistor in the circuit, you're now just creating that bridge across where the current's going to get dropped down and the blower's going to run at a slower speed. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so we're by doing that, we'll be bypassing the switch, and I'll be making the switch myself. Correct. Producing power. Bingo. Okay. So so the black tan should be high, the light blue should be the second slowest, uh, the light green should be the third slowest, and the tan should be, you know, number one. All right? Okay. If, if you can get all that to work, then your resistor is good. All right. Okay. You've also proved that obviously the blower works. You've proved that you've got hot, which I believe you will. And then we can go take a look at the control head. All right. Uh, the way we're going to test the control head, and I tell you what, Mr. Tom's waving his finger at me. He's telling me no, no, no. So you stay right where you are, Larry. Let me pull over and take this pause when I come back. Uh, make sure you got a pencil and a piece of paper. I'll give you the specs on how we're going to test that control switch, and uh, we'll get this blower working for you once again. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Running the name of the car doctor. Coming back right after this. So you don't forget to call for car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Larry, you're still there, sir. I'm here. Okay, so so what I'd like you to do is when you do the voltage test to see what power you have at the blower motor itself, okay. can, can you run a jumper wire from the negative post of the battery? So um, know, I have a power probe, so that's what I was going to use. Okay, all right. As long as, as long as, yeah. Okay, I'll let you get away with that. Negative to the ground, you know. Yeah. Just to the ground. To that it, works. Yeah. And but you're gonna you're gonna hook the power probe to the battery itself. Yes. Okay. Same thing. All right. I just want to make sure we have a good ground when we start doing this. All right. So 
Yeah, and if you do that, and then just go to just go to each wire of the resistor with the resistor block still connected, obviously you ground each wire. You should hear you know blower speeds one through four. Okay. All right. So that's that. Now we've got to test the switch. You you've got an ohmmeter. Yes, sir. Basically, you're going to go across uh, pin seven, which is where the there's a black green wire, which is the ground leg. Uh -huh. That's your one constant. Okay. That pin 7 is the ground that goes out to ground 202. Okay. All right. Then you're going to go across the other remaining pins. You don't need to go across. There's going to be an orange feed coming into the switch. Uh -huh. You don't want to touch that. That's 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 the hot leg. You don't need that. All right. Okay. Um, you you want to go in through you want to go in through the other uh, four remaining pins which would which lead to the four wires for the resistor, the black tan, the light blue, the light green yellow. Uh, or I'm sorry, the light green, etc. Um, and basically, you're just ohming across it. I think you're going to find the switches open on two positions. Okay. Is, is is what I'm coming down to. So basically, bridge pin seven and touch the other feeds on right. ohm and see if I got an open circuit on the right. other two speeds. Right. Right. And with the idea that, well, I guess you have to know that you know pin four. Pin four is is the low speed. Pin three is second. Pin two is third, and pin one is high speed. You've got to correlate it to the pin. All right. Okay. So, so you've got to put the knob in in high, and then go across six, and then you got to put the knob in two, and then it'll go across five, and so on and so forth. You don't have a wiring diagram for this car? No, sir, I do not. Send me send me an email. I'm I'm glad okay. I'm glad to send your wiring diagram. Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. I'll I'll, okay. I'll do it as soon as I come off air today because if you have a wiring diagram in front of you, it'll make a whole lot more sense. You're just you're 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 just beating your brains in unnecessarily. Yeah, I've been trying to find one. I ain't been looking to find no. it for that year model. I'm not yeah, I mean, here's a case where you know for the I don't know what it is thirty five forty. I think it's four. I think it's somewhere thirty five forty. Forty five bucks, right? Forty five yeah. bucks for a year. You get a, a subscription to all that a DIY, and you know for this vehicle, and you'll have. You'll have all the wiring diagrams and all the information you could possibly want. You know, is this is this your own vehicle? I'm assuming it is, Larry. Yes, sir. Work work vehicle or pleasure vehicle or something? Yeah, it's just a work vehicle. Yeah. How long have you been working on this? Uh, two weeks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Would you spend forty five bucks at this point? Of course. Yeah. yeah. So it's you know, and and you know what the neat thing about all data DIY is you'll have the exact same information that I see. All right. In the shop, uh -huh. but it's just you're only going to get it for that one vehicle, and they give you some options there. I think where for ten bucks or fifteen bucks you can add another vehicle, and so on and so forth. You'll find them online. Just Google all data DIY, and uh, that'll take you out to the website, and you can kind of go from there. All right, thank you, Ron. Right. You're very welcome, Larry. Like I said, you send me an email request. I'm glad to send you a wiring diagram. I don't want to see you suffer. All right, thank right. you. You're very welcome, sir. Oh no. Speaking of suffering, no, I can't say that. I love Walter to death. Walter from Hawaii. How did I know I was going to end the day with you, sir? Aloha, Ron. Nice to talk to you. You, you too, buddy. What's going on? Well, two things, or several things. Number one is, I'm only going to say this two or three hundred more times, I love my scanner. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that Launch 229 works well, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I, I have to admit that I... Still experimenting with it somewhat. I'm not, you know, pr proficient as yet, but I'll get there. Yeah, Walter, I got to tell you, it'll take you. It takes three to six months to get comfortable with a scan tool. I think. And that's if you have cars to use it on. I right. don't have any cars to use it right. on. But getting to the point here, 
Uh, last time I talked to you, we talked about the uh, Mitsubishi Lancer 2.0 liter uh, that would only idle. Right. Well, since then, I've worked on it. Now, everything uh, that I've done so far, now it runs and shifts gears and does all that stuff, but it's got all new problems that I quickly. Did you see the uh, email I sent yeah. you? I sent you the live data. Right, yeah, and I've got it in front of me, and I'm looking at it. You know, Walter, this isn't good. You, you, you've changed the way the vehicle operates. You're, 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 you're going the other direction here, buddy. Um, what I would be concerned with is the fact that in everything you've changed, you put crank and cam sensors in it. Right. And that seemed, you know, I'm wondering, did that make the biggest difference? You didn't change anything else that I can see, correct? That's correct. Did you consider replacing the cam and the crank sensors back with the old parts to see what would happen? Yes, I put the, uh, well, I just put the cam sensor back because, you know, the crank sensor is a bitch to get right. to. Right, yeah, it's, it, to get into it, yeah. And uh, uh, it, uh, it wouldn't run correctly with the old one. Okay. But it, it, but it didn't go back to just, uh, you know, just idling. I, I was able to accelerate, but it, was, it, it ran really rough. The problem now is I, I, can't, I, I can't erase the codes. You know, they, they come, I, they'll erase, and then when it started again, they come right back. And the idle is awful on it. Uh, you know, it, it, some, I, first, I even looked at the motor mounts to make sure that it wasn't just jumping off the motor mount, which it's not. Okay, so it, it, it sounds like, and just let's think about this a minute. Let's assume that the scan tool is correct, that you've legitimately got those faults, that they're still there. It's still seeing a problem cam and crank. Okay. All right. So let's do this as a test, all right, because in the back of your mind, I can tell you're wondering, is the scan tool able to clear the code, or is there a fault somewhere else in the vehicle? Why don't we, why don't we see how smart the PCM is? Can you create another fault? I'm sure I could. Unplug something. Unplug the throttle yeah. position sensor or the mass airflow or the O2 sensor or something, and create a code. Get a code to set. Okay. I've disconnected the mass airflow sensor, okay, and I get all sorts of codes that are related to it when it's disconnected. Okay, I and you can clear those codes and they don't come back. Correct. Once you plug it back in, that is correct. All right, then I've got to think legitimately. Then you've got it. You've really got a cam and a crank sensor circuit fault. Unfortunately, the next step for you is going to be where I would tell you to hook up a lab scope and start to look at a few things. And I don't know that you have one. No, I do not. Right. So now I'm going to ask you to either go back and check the installation of that crank sensor because changing the cam made no difference, you said? That's correct. So, you know, let's start to think about that crank sensor. And, you know, maybe we've got something wrong in the install of that or maybe we've got a problem with the part itself. Well, I went as far as I took the cover, you know, the on that particular car, the timing belt cover has the connection to the cams the crank sensor yes correct and which is a nuisance but anyway uh i took that apart clean boat you know boat to make sure that i, I hadn't re reinstalled it dirty or something and it didn't make any difference right well I, I, I did not take the sensor out again right and i think that's where you're at i think you're gonna you know at least if you put the old crank sensor back in and if the condition doesn't change then we can move on and have another conversation. The, you know, keep in mind, and, and think of it like this, in, in the week between that we talk, because I'm sure we'll talk next Saturday, is 
you know, if this is a if this is a one cylinder lawnmower engine, and it was doing the exact same thing, how how would you attack it? You well, know, you you you'd start to look. I'd say it was bark plug. If it was a one cylinder. Engine. Well, but you know, do I have a do I have a restricted exhaust somehow? Do I have something mechanical going on, or is it an input? And yeah, at this point, I think it's an input. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as I was reading your email, I said, I wonder if this car has an EGR valve and the EGR valve is stuck open. Not that that would create the cam crank sensor fault, but it sure as heck wouldn't allow the vehicle to idle. What, Ron, I know that uh, I, I hate to admit that I'm a YouTube mechanic because you have talked disparagingly about it so many times, but one of the tests it recommends is if you remove the wire, uh, the you know, the connection from the... Uh, uh, the MAF and the car continues to run there's a problem with the MAF uh, and I did do that and the car does continue to run well you know on some cars there is Walter some cars have a backup built in if you disconnect from the MAF and it sets an, M sets an MAF code yes then I'm going to tell you that the vehicle is probably operating in a backup Okay. It's one of the reasons I don't. I probably don't like to connect, disconnect an MAF as much as I used to. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's disconnect an O2. Let's disconnect throttle position, something else. And by the way, it's not that I, I think YouTube mechanics are bad. I, listen, I look at YouTube all the time. I'm just, I'm just very judgmental in what I'll look and listen to. Uh, there's some, there's some very smart people out there on YouTube, and then there's some idiots in plain English. Um, it's somewhat you know, well, yeah, it comes down to, you know, you ever play tennis, Walter? Uh, no, thank God not. All right. Well, I used to in college, and I've learned that if I played tennis with someone that was better than me, I came up to their game, and they came down to mine. The problem on YouTube is I'm never quite sure which which is the better tennis player, and I have to be very careful. So hang on a minute, Walt. Don't, don't run away. Let me pull over and take this pause, and we'll come back. We'll finish up real quick. I'm running Aiding the Car Doctor. We'll return right after this. Venture Highway. Walter, you're still there, sir. Yes, I am, sir. So, you know, when we pulled away for the pause, one of the things I was thinking about in the back of my head was talking about EGR, wasn't I? Yes. If I recall correctly. Uh, does this car have an EGR valve on it? I'm not sure. Um, if it has an EGR... I assume that it does, but... Yeah, I would it. think so, too, but just for giggles, I'm wondering if the EGR valve is stuck open, and that's why it won't idle. Of course, that doesn't explain, that doesn't explain why it's set in the cam and the crank faults. Yeah. Which, which, you know, if the condition didn't exist prior to changing the parts, now I'm going to start to think about the part that I put in, because we both know what new means. Yes. Okay. So, you know. The reason I changed the crank sensor was because I had the front of the engine off, and I said, if it needs replacing, I'm not going to take this apart again. Right. Well, and I understand that. Now, the only other alternative is if, if, if you've got a buddy with a lab scope, it would be nice to see the, you know, see the square wave of the crank sensor and put it up there on the screen. And, you know, a, a good scope man could actually lay the cam and the crank right up on the screen, synchronize the two of them, trailing edge of the cam, trailing edge of the crank, and, and, and show the events as they're occurring electrically. And you could eliminate the fact and you don't have to take the front of the engine apart again. So okay. it, it may pay for you to nose around and see, you know, is, is there a guy in your neighborhood? Is there a mobile diagnostic guy that will come to the house and, you know, might be worth it to spend an hour of his time? And you know, unfortunately, see, he moved back to the mainland. Yeah, well, it's yeah, and it's. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, problem with one of the kids. <laughs> Walt, I was never in Hawaii. Oh, it wasn't me. Okay. Um, 
But, you know, that's... Hey Ron, I, yeah. I have to interrupt you for one second. My wife said, I have to tell you this. My wife's Annette, you know, Walton Annette Disney. Right. Annette yeah. Anyway, um, she said to remind you that we do have a spare bedroom. Oh, and boy. Well, I appreciate that, Walter. I'm, uh... Yeah, I told him. Oh, there you go. She <laughs> told me. Yeah, I know. But, Walt, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to come to Hawaii, right? My wife and your wife are going to go out and see the ocean, and I'm going to be working on cars. What's wrong? There's nothing wrong with that scenario that no, I see. No, no, Walt. I'm on. I'm on vacation. Uh, oh, oh that, okay. That'll be the conversation. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be the. You know, I want to go sleep on the beach. So you know, as long as there's okay. no, as long as there's no harpooners. I know around. you're going to have to me here. So, but, but real quickly, what I wrote is the new problem with the car is that you know it can't clear the codes and it doesn't idle correctly could you tell me step by step where to go from here yeah let's look at egr do we have an egr valve on it let's okay. let's let's if we can't no, idle if we can't idle why can't we idle i want to get the cam and the crank checked all right because the okay. problem the problem started when you changed one of those from, from, from what it sounds like those are the only two you changed that's the only thing i changed although i cleaned a bunch of stuff well you know, but cleaned it how? Clean the throttle plate? Cleaning the throttle plate won't make it not idle unless you've got a yeah. vacuum line off somewhere. All right, which is which is you know, so let's take a look at let's take a look at vacuum and smoke check it and things like that. But um, cam crank, let's verify that. If we have to, let's change it back out. Let's make sure the throttle plate, let's make sure the throttle opens and closes correctly. Let's make sure there's no vacuum lines off. I know you said you smoke checked everything. And just for giggles, uh, let's entertain the thought about could we have a restricted exhaust here. I don't think so, but it's on the back of my mind as well. And last, how about that EGR? Walt, I got to go. You got some work to do this week. I'll talk to you next Saturday. 855-560-9900. We're back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car, Doctor. Let's get over to Greg in Iowa. Greg, we're going to close it out with you today, buddy. What's going on? Hey, uh, my wife has a 2016 uh, Jeep Cherokee with a six-cylinder engine, and uh, a few weeks ago when it was bitterly cold outside, uh, we got a check engine light, and the code was P0128, Okay. and um, I got it home. I double-checked the coolant level. Everything looked fine. Um, I cleared the code, and it didn't come back for several weeks. Now, it was, it was really cold, and my wife drives aggressively sometimes in the morning when the engine maybe isn't warmed up, and I thought maybe things just got weird. But it popped up a few weeks later uh, when temperatures outside were kind of moderate. Um, and uh, I, I sat with the car for a while. I watched the data stream. Uh, engine temperature appeared to come up normally when starting it cold and just letting it warm up. I didn't see anything at screamed at me that there would be a problem um and i i've i've read that the most common cause for a po128 is a sticky thermostat yep yep and uh have you seen this a lot on this particular kind of car p0128 is a thermostat all day long in my book um or at least it's a good starting point how many miles are on this greg um only about uh, 40 yeah it's not a lot but then again i've got to tell you it's it's two going on three years old now from the sounds of it and i have seen more than a few of these chrysler stats start to fail under fifty thousand miles 
So, you know, I think you're either dealing with a thermostat issue or a software refresh, but I don't know of any software updates for this. So I'm going to tell you to get out to MotorRadUSA.com. They've got some very good thermostats. They are OE quality. And take a look at those and get it into your head that perhaps you want to put a thermostat in it and start the ball from there. I'm running in the car, Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're 